Hello everybody, my name is Caleb Carr and this is New York Sports. New York Sports. Hello everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of New York Sports. The NBA and the MLB are finally coming back into swing. They're finally going to start up again. The NBA starts up back up. Both of them start back up today with scrimmages and spring training. And then actual games will be starting soon. For the NBA, though, we're going to start off in the NBA. It's the first time since March 11th that the NBA players will return to the court for actual games, scrimmages technically. But the uh, NBA regular season is going to resume on the July 30th. and But within this week, uh, right now, today is Wednesday the 22nd. Within this week, these eight-day spans, each of the 22 teams will play three scrimmage games as a tune-up. Instead of the usual 48-minute game lengths, quarters will be shortened to 10 minutes for scrimmages. So today, Wednesday, July 22nd, is the first day, the kickoff. They've got the Orlando Magic going up against the LA Clippers, the Washington Wizards against the Denver Nuggets, the New Orleans Pelicans against the Brooklyn Nets, and the Sacramento Kings against the Miami Heat. So for your Nets, for your Brooklyn Nets, as I just said, they'll be playing the New Orleans Pelicans tonight, Wednesday, July 22nd at 7 p.m., they will then be playing again against the Spurs on Saturday, July 25th at 4.30 p.m. And then finally, they'll end off their scrimmages against the Utah Jazz on Monday, July 27th at 5.30 p.m. So, you know, um, a lot of these games will be televised. I believe I believe 16 of the scrimmages will be broad- broadcasted on uh, NBA TV, but obviously you can watch all 33 if you have the league pass. There is a televised scrimmage schedule for the rest of the week. So a lot of the games, like the first game today at 3 o'clock, Magic vs. Clippers will be televised. The Pelicans vs. Nets will be televised. A lot of the bigger games, Rockets vs. Raptors, like... Um, a lot of those games will be televised. So, you know, although they're just scrimmages and they don't really matter, it it's going to be really nice to finally start to be able to watch some of these games play out and finally be able to watch something that's live, that's not um, Korean baseball. As for the MLB, spring training started last Saturday, I believe, uh, the Yankees and the Mets actually went off Saturday and Sunday. The Yankees won 9-3 and 6-0. to the, Yan- the Yankees also tied the Phillies, and I believe those were the only games that they had. The Mets, on the other hand, only, I believe the Mets only had, yes, the Mets only had the two games against the Yankees for their spring training. Today is the last day of spring training, and tomorrow starts the technical regular season, the 60-game regular season, with the Yankees going off against the Nationals. And then Friday, the Mets will be going off against the Braves. This is really this is what uh, baseball fans have been waiting for for a very long time. 
we're finally going to be able to start seeing some actual live sports that matter. You know, as I said with the NBA, the scrimmage games are starting today, but this isn't really live sports yet. And we're really starting to get into this. It's going to be really good to see the Yankees. It's going to be really great to see the Yankees come out. Um, you know, obviously right now they're leading um, their favorites for the World Series, not to only make it to the World Series, but to win the World Series. And then we're going to see, uh, it's going to be really nice to see the Mets too, I think, because the Mets are really, in my opinion, they're really underdog i think i talked about this last time they're my underdog team of this year not only because you know obviously this is a new york podcast so i favor them a little bit but i really do believe that they are an underdog team anyways for tomorrow the yankees will go off against the defending champs the washington nationals uh the prop they don't uh, they don't have the pitchers yet but the probable pitchers is we're gonna you know the yankees are gonna open up with the best pitcher that they got in the offseason g cole Garrett Cole, we're going to see how that goes. And it looks like the Washington Nationals will most likely go with Max Scherzer as their starting picture. Most likely. We'll see how that ends up. But that's most likely going to be what we're going to see tomorrow from the pitchers. That game is going to start at 7.08 p.m. I'm not sure about where you can see it um, locally. Obviously, if you're local, you can probably watch it on Yes Network or something or some other um, sports channel. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm really excited to start seeing these, uh, the game start back up. You know, it's been kind of tough to find stuff to talk about and to discuss, but now that we're going to have these games back, we're going to be able to start looking at players, how they're playing how teams are working together, and we're going to actually be able to go into more discussions. <clears throat> but that's it from the NBA and MLB. You know, there's not too much going on. Obviously, my next episode will be talking about how the Yankees and Mets are looking coming going into the season and how each of how the Brooklyn Nets are looking after their scrimmage games. Now on over to the NFL. The NFL has canceled the 2020 preseason and also has reduced the team roster sizes for training camps. The NFL Players Association and league's owners have agreed to scrap all 2020 preseason games while also reducing the size of training camp rosters. Union executives informed players on the agreement Tuesday evening on a conference call. The two sides agreed to eliminate all four weeks of preseason one day after the owners offered to meet the demands of the players to do so. Owners originally wanted to reduce the preseason from four games to two games, which they did do. And But now the NFLPA agreed that a full August, August schedule would make it impossible for them to have the adequate accumulation period recommended by the Joint Medical Task Force and that it was unnecessary to subject players to travel-related risk for contacting the coronavirus for exhibi- exhibition games. Each team will also field rosters of 80 players down from the usual 90. A person with knowledge of the situation confirmed. The person spoke of condition lightly because the decision had not been announced. The owners and FLPA executives have discussed reducing roster sizes for some time due to social distancing concerns amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, in my opinion... This is what needed, obviously, to be done. 
you know, you can't, the less contact we have, the later, it, the better. So the earlier that we start getting together, the more that we do it, it's going to make it more difficult. So obviously, you know, re reducing it down so that there's less people, obviously 90 to 80 isn't that big of a change. So it's not going to make that much of a difference. But that, along with the no preseason games, gives teams more time in training camp, gives the NFL, you know, less to worry about. Um, one big thing, obviously, that is still hovering right now is what to do about fans. A lot of, uh, a lot of it's going to be based on the state. Um, I know that right now in New York has not officially really said anything. I know Governor Cuomo has said that twenty percent, twenty five percent, maybe um, for baseball games right now for the Yankees games. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, stadium fans wise but you know with no preseason games the only thing about the preseason games that i don't like and that scares me a little bit is that we will not be able to get a look at players um, especially rookies or players fighting for a spot you know uh, each team which i'll be going over in a minute each team has at least one position that we've they've got players that are really fighting for that spot and, you know, obviously you can look at training camps and look in practices. You're going, you can go full speed and try to look at who that can help you figure out who you're going to put at those positions to start at week one. But, you know, without preseason games, it makes it a lot more difficult. So to just go over, I'm just going to go each team's top training camp battle. Uh, we're going to start off with the Giants, their top training camp battle is going to be their defensive front who is going to be at the front of their defense you know obviously and especially in my opinion hitting quarterbacks is a top priority for not only your defense's success but your whole team's success especially with the nfl today quarterbacks are a huge part especially in especially in the giants in the west it you know you got Dak prescott you've got um Carson Wentz and you know you got Dwayne Haskins who obviously isn't that great but still you're going to want to hit these quarterbacks as much as you can especially when you're going up against the Cowboys and Eagles you're going to want to be able to attack and hit the quarterbacks as much as you can but you know not every team obviously is able to make that happen and the Giants are one of those teams they you know having once been well known for their ability to get after the quarterback but they haven't really been able to get back to their formal selves in that respect. Prior to uh, linebacker Marcus Golden, who we now have, who last last year delivered 10 sacks, there hasn't been a double-digit sack producer for the Giants since Jason Paul Pierce when he racked up 12.5 in 2014. For the team that was home of the in the early 2000s to now Hall of Fame pass rusher Michael Sturhan, the it, and in a division, as I said, there's so much quarterback talent, it simply will not do just to have one player producing 10 sacks last year. It's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to work. Um, the relationship between uh, the Giants and Golden has been nothing short of weird this offseason, definitely. But the decision to utilize and rare the rarely used restricted free agent 
tender on him, uh, which they did immediately following the NFL draft, means that he's going to stay in New York unless he fails to sign elsewhere. Obviously, having that, he hasn't had much interest on the open market. The move could be very good for the Giants, who keep their pass rusher from 2019 on the roster. Well, that solves one of the issues. It doesn't answer the question of what will become of many other players, such as Leonard Williams, who production-wise this coming season was on the heels of what many viewed as a disappointing first year and the cost of the Giants to a pretty penny via the trade uh, with the Jets. But... You know, they've also got the newly acquired Kyler, Kyler Fackrell and Blake Martiz, who will hopefully help this cause. But what's clear is several players are going to have to step up in these training camps for them to figure out who they're going to put the, uh, at their defensive front to try to put some fear into these quarterbacks that they're going up against. So, like I said, though, if there was a preseason you could put all these players in and you can figure out which one is making the most impact on, for your defense. That's really, that'd really help you. On to the Jets. Uh, their position is the guard position. Um, you know, although it's not the most, most popular, it's still really important for New York, which had the third worst adjusted sack rate in the league last year. Uh, the GM, GM Joe Douglas made it a point to address the offensive line this offseason, and he did just that by signing multiple linemen in free agency along with drafting two more, including first, Ryle, first rounder McKee Becton, who will likely start at left tackle right out of the date, gate. For the purpose of this conversation, we're looking at the guards and four players fighting for two starting spots. Alex Lewis will likely have the easiest time retaining his starting left guard position, especially after he re-upped with New York on a three-year deal back in March. Still, still, he's dealt with lots of injuries throughout his early stage of his career, and he will have to suit up in 15 games. And he was only able to suit up in 15 games, 12 starts last season. As long as he's healthy, he will most likely be able to keep his job. What's really interesting at this battle, though, is the right guard spot and the potential end of the road for the longest turn Jets currently on the roster and Brian Winters. The Jets can clear about $7 million off the cap if they decide to cut him. He will primarily be squaring off with Greg Van Roten, who signed a three-year deal with them this off, with the Jets this offseason. Van Roten spent the last two seasons as the primary starter at left guard for the Carolina Panthers, and he is most likely to push Winters for the starting job. There is also the fourth-round pick, Cameron Clark, who likely won't be a huge factor out of the gate, but is someone that could you know, make a splash in this battle through the camp. So, you know, once again, once again, if you had preseason, you can put them all in, see which one Darnold likes most, especially. Um, like I said, though, camps, having Darnold play with them, camps, they're gonna, it's gonna help you figure it out, and you'll most likely be able to get your starters and get, have your backups ready to go. But it, nothing like a camp is nothing like a preseason game. It's not even close. Finally, for Buffalo, um, their, their spot that will be battling is the cornerback. This is obviously cornerback number two position. You know, who's going to be going off with Trey White? Um, right now, Levi Wallace is obviously right up there. He started all 16 games for Buffalo last season, totaling 
uh, 76 tackles to go along with two interceptions and seven passes defended. The 25-year-old will be trying to fend off Josh Norman for this starting spot after the veteran signed a one-year deal with Buffalo earlier the offseason. Norman comes to Buffalo trying to tap back into his Pro Bowl talent as he reunites with head coach Sean McDermott, who has his defensive coordinator during his best seasons in the NFL with Carolina Panthers. The now 32-year-old played his first four seasons under McDermott and quickly earned the reputation as one of the best corners in the league. 2015 was his best campaign when he told four interceptions with first-team All-Pro honors. That season also helped Norman become the highest-paid corner in the NFL, inking a $75 million deal, dollar deal with Washington in 2016. That said, Norman didn't live up to that massive contract and struggled a lot in Washington, especially last season where he allowed 67.4% of his targets to be caught. Poising quarterbacks also had a 129.0 passer rating on while targeting him. Not ideal for Buffalo or Washington at the the time. Now that he's back with McDermott, though, he can hopefully turn himself into a, a better corner. He will have a familiarity with the system, um, you know, po- the possible change of scenery, more favorable system could do him a world of good. And if that's the case, he could push Wallace to start at some point. If he can- continues to look like a shell of his former self, he'll likely hope he's likely hoping he'll simply make the roster. You know, obviously, I really did like when Buffalo went up and picked him up in the offseason. I thought that was a great offseason move. But like I said, with Levi Wallace, I think my prediction is that Levi Wallace will take have that starting spot for most of the season. And I really do think that Josh Norman, after playing under McDermott a little bit, a couple weeks into the season, he'll be able to take over that starting spot. But like I said, if there was preseason, we'd probably see, I think we'd see Josh Norman starting week one. But since we will not be having the preseason, we're going to have to have, get a couple games into the season, which is why I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of testing in the first two, three weeks. We're going to see some players that you might not see, uh, you might not regularly, regularly see playing. Um, you're going to see some backups playing, getting a little more time. And then I think four or five weeks in, you're going to see a lot of players being cut because you just – don't you can't tell going into week there's going to be no way to tell going into week 1 if they're going to be able to play at a game level or not finally to just end off real quick uh nothing too long but the Toronto Blue Jays as the MLB season begins back up tomorrow the Toronto Blue Jays need a place to stay as to stay and play as Canada said that they will not be allowing uh, them to travel back and forth. One of the leading contenders was in Buffalo, but that did not end up happening as they will end up playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll be sharing a stadium with the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, but they will They will not be playing at... What is the field? Holy guacamole.
Judge. Lifted in the air again. Deep right center. Going back. 